A lack of information around addiction and mental health issues has led to a lot of confusion. Heroes in Recovery is here to set the record straight and break the stigma through the power of storytelling and by celebrating the heroic efforts of those who walk this road of recovery every day. Our movement is built on the personal journeys of survivors, shining a spotlight on the disease of addiction and creating a global community of support. Go to heroesinrecovery.com to share your story, read hundreds of others, or join us for a 6K race. Together, we can break the stigma. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up? Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. And thanks to you, as always, for supporting the show. It's always an honor to bring you Sober Guy Radio up here in Northern California. So thank you to everybody for listening, uh, for supporting the recovery movement, for playing your own part, and um, uh, really honored to be a part of it myself. Uh, Now, I want to start this episode by wishing my beautiful little girl, Lucy, a happy birthday. Uh, She turns seven uh, May 5th. And uh, she's an amazing little girl. She got character, uh, plenty of love in that little heart of hers. And she really, she melts daddy's heart if you can't tell. Uh, so I just want to wish her a great day. Uh, daddy loves you so much, baby. And I hope you have a, an amazing birthday. Um, on to uh, announcements for the day today. One of the tools that I like to use is Transitions Daily. It's a daily AA email and it's delivered right to my inbox And uh, it's a great way for me to start my day. It takes me about five minutes to read. And uh, it really is one of my favorite tools. It's simple and it's right to the point and it gets me, gets my mind going for the day and it, it gets emailed directly to me. So I don't have to do any work. Sometimes I can be a lazy ass and uh, I'm sure everyone out there can feel that at some point. Uh, but this is, uh, it's perfect. So if you go to dailyaaemails.com, uh, you can get more information and, and you can sign up and you can find out how you can uh, get that emailed directly to your inbox. All right, today's guest today is a friend of mine, TJ Woodward, and uh, really stoked to talk to him. We hung out a little bit uh, when I was out in Nashville at the recovery, um, at the Foundations Recovery Conference out there, Innovations in Recovery, and we got to chat a little bit and connect. He's also from the Northern California area, uh, I believe out in San Francisco, General Bay Area. Um, and uh, TJ is a spiritual author. He's an inspirational speaker, awakening coach, and addiction counselor. Um, and he's helped countless people through his simple uh, yet powerful t- uh, teachings. And we're going to talk a bit about uh, some of those today. Um, he's the founding minister and spiritual director of the Awakened Living Spiritual Community and also serves as spiritual care counselor at Foundation San Francisco uh, Intensive Outpatient, Outpatient Treatment Program. Uh, he's in a private practice as a spiritual counselor and awakening coach, and he also hosts uh, Awakened Living TV and Awakened Living Radio, and he's the author of a book, Conscious Being, Awakening, uh, Awakening to Your True Nature, and also working on a second book at uh, at this time, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about too. So uh, TJ, man, it's great to have you on the show today. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, uh, thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, thank you, Shane. I'm so happy to be here and in this conversation about recovery, one of my favorite topics. And yeah, it was great connecting with you at the conference. So I'm really looking forward to talking today. Yeah, how about the conference, man? Let's uh, let's start there real quick, man. What a great time and like just some phenomenal people um, in recovery and in the recovery industry that you get to connect with and meet with and hook up and um, and and really. Uh, uh, make some great connections. And man, I learned a ton while I was there too. That's one thing that I enjoyed in the last couple of ones that I've been to um, is the amount of different information and uh, and personalities and all the good stuff going down. Man, how, how was your time? Oh, it was amazing. I'm just so grateful for all the work Foundations is doing. I've been working for Foundations since 2008. Uh, took a few years off and was at another program, but back to Foundations now for three and a half years. So I'm, I'm so impressed with really the the level of care and the level of passion that people at foundations have. And it just seems like that's what gets attracted at all these conferences. Yeah. You know, people come from all over the world to really be with and be dedicated and in conversation about how we can continue to enhance treatment of addiction and continue to serve more and more people. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the whole foundations team and just that whole vibe there, just you kind of touched on it. There's something that's so authentic about it, and uh, because it is authentic, uh, but it's 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 very uh, it's very real, and so I think you know you know personally I think that's why a lot of people connect to it. But um, I know from from meeting different people and being around different organizations and stuff, foundations is the real deal, and uh, they they actually genuinely do care, and it's just one of the coolest things to uh, to be involved with them. So um, now you are um, out in San Francisco at uh, Foundations um, Foundation San Francisco, uh, the outpatient treatment program. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we opened our program here in San Francisco about three and a half years ago, and I was blessed to be right in the beginning opening the program. And, you know, we have, of course, outpatient programs throughout the country, and I'm so blessed to be able to do spiritual care. I also started and run our LGBT track, obviously, in the Bay Area. There's a big need with that particular population with our community. So I'm grateful to serve that as well. And, you know, I really love foundations because, you know, on our business card, it says holistic integrated treatment. Mm -hmm. And I actually know that we really provide that, you know, really treating the whole person and each person as an individual. So I just, I love everyone that I work with at foundations and so incredibly grateful to be able to, you know, really serve and connect with clients uh, every single day that I'm there. When you say spiritual, uh, spiritual director, um, spiritual care counselor, can you uh, elaborate a little bit on, um, on kind of what that entails from from that from the more spiritual perspective? Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, that's my my second book that I'm working on. I told you before we started recording that I uh, just finished proofing and editing eight out of the eleven chapters today and sent them off to the editor. So nice, I'm really feeling. Congrats! Really- I know that's just like a, a like. T- I haven't done a book, but I can imagine the amount of, um, you know, work and energy and time that goes into something like that. So, uh, congrats on that, that, you know, you're one step closer, I guess. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. And so this, this focus in my second book is about the spiritual aspect of addiction and the spiritual aspect of, of treatment and recovery. So for me, fundamentally, what spirituality means is a connection with that essential self. It's a deep connection with ourself and others. And, you know, in the work that I've done over the years, and certainly in my own recovery of now 30 years, the fundamental piece that seems to be a common denominator, one of the three root causes, I'm writing about the three root causes of addiction through the spiritual lens, and one of them is spiritual disconnected. 
Con- being spiritual disconnected. So a big part of recovery is connecting with something spiritual. Now, for some people, that might mean a ha- higher power. For other people, that might mean, mean more of an inner journey. So I really meet people where they're at and recognize that there's a physical, mental, and emotional aspect to addiction and recovery. And then there's also this spiritual question, which is about connection. It's about life purpose. It's about you know mindfulness and being able to deeply connect again with ourselves because to me that self got lost somewhere along the way and addiction yeah. even furthered that disconnection you know what one of the questions uh, that i hear often is um you know when we talk about spirit spirituality or you mentioned it a higher power um how do you kind of advise people or how do you help them work through uh somebody who might have an issue with god or with a higher power or with with whatever that spiritual connection is um, like I said, I, I think that's that's definitely uh, can be a problem for some people. So how do you kind of approach that? Well, absolutely. And I think there is some confusion about the difference between religion and spirituality. So when Man, I, you nailed yeah. that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so when I meet with someone, this isn't really about me and my perspective. This is about them and their perspective. So I ask right away, what, what exposure have, have you had to religion? Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? And then what is spirituality? And is there a difference? And then they, for themselves, define what that difference is. And then the third question, of course, is, Based on what you just said about spirituality, is that something that would help you in your recovery? And I think when people separate the religious piece out, obviously there are people that, that still want to maintain a religion. I would say most of the clients I work with aren't necessarily wanting to connect with religion, but certainly are wanting to connect with spirituality. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's huge. It's I know for me, it's a huge part of uh, my day-to-day a uh, huge part of the recovery too. And, and you, when you're able to separate religion from spirituality and kind of get a general understanding that they're not the same, uh, man, you can really make some, some great progress. Now you had mentioned that, um, uh, that you have 30, you said 30 years, I believe 30 years in recovery. Um, where take us back a little bit, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did your life in, um, you know, in addiction, uh, start? And then how did you kind of pull out of that? Well, it's, you know, if I I go back and do a little bit of the long story, when I was seven, I remember having a physical sensation of closing off. Mm -hmm. I remember just shutting down and building armor around my heart. And I I walked around that way from seven until 13 when I just discovered pot and alcohol. And that was like the greatest relief imaginable. And I, you know, I got sober when I was 20. So, you know, I had a good seven years of drinking and using and toward the end, it got really, really challenging. And when I got sober, I recognized that drinking and and, uh, drugs were never the problem. They were always the solution to a problem. The only problem is they quit working. And I know we've heard that (laughs) over and over and over again, right? Yeah. So, it's a really different paradigm for recovery because we take away that solution and what's left. So, so that's, you know, short version of my recovery story. Tell us about the book that, uh, that, uh, conscious being, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's actually really exciting time. I'm just re had it republished and I'm relaunching it. It's available on June 4th. A lot of people have read the book conscious being, and it's really about a person's 
own journey into awakening. Uh, and I wrote it. It was published two years ago. And a lot of people have read the book and they said, you know, I really love these spiritual concepts and I, and I love what you're talking about, but how, how do I apply it to my daily life? Yeah. So I partnered with a good friend of mine, Dr. Adriana Popescu, and we created at the end of each chapter, we, we, we created reflective exercises, journaling questions, and some interactive processes that people can do to really bring the spiritual principles to life. So that's going to be out on June 4th. I'm really grateful for that. So it's, you know, it's almost like a workbook at the end of each chapter so that people can, you know, recognize how does this apply in my life, in my daily living. And of course, I talk a little bit about addiction in the book, but it's primarily um, open to all people who are wanting a deeper sense of connection and spirituality. Yeah, that's great, man. And that's a, that's a good point you bring up too. Um, you know, just about, I think you even mentioned it when you were, when you kind of took us back a little bit um, to you know, using alcohol and, and pot at 13. Um, <clears throat> I think there's the misconception generally. Uh, I know there was for me, especially new into, into my recovery and trying to stay sober and trying to stay clean that like, you know, cocaine and alcohol and weed were like my, that was the problem. And, you know, it was, it was the face of the problem, but deep down there was much, you know, deeper issues, you know, from, uh, from childhood and insecurities as an adult and the whole nine yards, right? All of us kind of deal with a lot of, the, a lot of similar things, just different circumstances. Um, how do you like, what's your approach or what's your thoughts on that? Like, how do we really, how do we kind of see that, uh, yeah, alcohol drugs is definitely an issue, but let's dig down, let's get a little deeper in there. And then how does that kind of come to light and, and help people really see, um, you know, that, that, that that's where the issue lies, I guess. Well, Shane, now you're asking to me that the really meaty questions that I'm really excited to talk about. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> I've noticed that a lot of addiction treatment focuses on behavior and symptoms. And yeah. of course, in the West, you know, we, we say bad that, you know, the symptom is bad. How do we get rid of it? Right. That's the whole medical model. Yeah. And there's something much deeper happening. And so in my new book, I'm actually writing about the three root causes of addiction through the spiritual lens, I recognize there's a physical, mental, and emotional aspect, but I, I've come up with unresolved trauma, spiritual disconnection, and toxic shame as the root causes. Now, that shame, of course, is a sense of brokenness, and I write about how we develop core false beliefs about ourselves and the world, and based on that, then we're out in the world trying to fix that externally, and that's, yeah. that is, by its definition, addiction. So when people come into recovery, this is about helping us go go back and look deeply into our past and into those the ways that we've developed the strategies to deal with this sense of brokenness. My friend calls addiction the great ache, and I just love that because huh. it's great ache that's wanting to be fixed. And you know, people come into recovery and we're so used to looking outside of ourselves for the solution that sometimes we can do that with recovery. Then there comes a point where it's like, oh, this is really about me and my own inner journey. And to me, that's yeah. inherently spiritual. Yeah, definitely. And that, that's such a, it's a difficult thing to do. You know, I know, um, I know it was difficult for me to, you know, to address that, that personal responsibility, that taking, taking responsibility, right. For even past things that uh, happened or, or went on. Um, and you, you mentioned it, the unresolved trauma, you know, those types of, those types of things, um, can lead to that victim mentality. And that's, that's the way that I kind of uh, approached things for a long time in my own life. And I'm sure there's some folks out there listening who can relate to that. That doesn't work. <laughs> or I, I have yet to meet anybody that that has worked. Let me put it like that. 
And, uh, you know, that was one of the biggest hurdles was once, once I was able to kind of get over that and start to see, you know, just what you're talking about, TJ, just about dealing with that and realizing that it comes from within, it doesn't come from, it's not external. I can't blame everything on the external circumstances. It starts inside, man, some huge strides were made, you know, and by all means, I'm not saying I got it all figured out at all, but, um, you know, there's a start there and you can start to build on that. How important is that, you know, that, that you see, and obviously you've written about it. You, I'm sure you have a lot of conversations about it. Um, how does that unresolved trauma piece, uh, or what does it mean to you? Well, I love exactly the way you're talking about it. It's funny because, you know, having just proofed these chapters today, I write a whole section on victim consciousness. And I want to be really clear. I'm not saying that people were not victims at some point in their life. Sure. The issue is we take on the idea, as you said, that I'm a victim in the world. And it's very different. You know, the traumatic experience happened, especially if we were children, we were victims to it. The issue is, though, we create a consciousness of being a victim, and then the world continues to seem to be happening to us. And, you know, until we're 100% accountable for our own reality and that it does happen from the inside out, nothing really shifts. You know, I, the yeah. way I say it is if we're trying to fix things in the outer realm without doing the inner work, it's just like changing deck chairs on the Titanic. The ship is going down, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So this is about getting in there and, and reframing and, and really looking at the root causes of where this came from and and really, to me, recovery is far more to, about unlearning than it is about learning. So without giving too much of the book away, because I know I'm, I'm digging a little bit here, but I want to talk about the toxic shame piece, too, because I know shame and guilt was, you know, it's always a huge thing, especially dealing with uh, or, or numbing emotions with substances. Um, what, what is the what is your idea of toxic shame? Well, you know, the difference between guilt and shame, and I'm certainly not the first person to say this, I'm thinking of the preeminent shame person, John Bradshaw, who was around when I got sober in the 80s. Uh, guilt is I've done something that I feel is wrong, and shame is I feel like I am wrong. I feel like I'm broken. And if I'm walking around with the belief that I'm not lovable, no one's going to love me enough to fix that. And I'm going to unconsciously be attracted to and attract people to confirm that core false belief. So that toxic shame, the reason I like the term toxic shame is it's incredibly toxic to our system. Yeah. I think it causes disease and it causes all kinds of difficulties internally and externally. And until we get in there and really own it, and we work with guilt and shame in a very different way, right? Guilt is, you know, if I stole 500 bucks from you, I pay it back. It's fine. Shame is I feel broken because of that. We need to create a safe space to be able to bring that forward and to recognize, you know, reparent ourselves in some ways. That's really the second part of my book is how we break the cycle of addiction starting with creating a safe space internally and externally. So when we talk about trying to stay sober, right? Trying to stay clean. There's, there's a lot of different components to that. Obviously it's definitely a, a lifelong process. Um, how important is the people that surround us? Like how, how important is it for us to surround ourselves with people with, um, you know, with, you know, they don't necessarily, uh, have to be, um, you know, sober, I guess, you know, cause I have like members of my family, they're not sober, but they're also not alcoholics. Right. So it's, there's that, you know, there's that kind of general line, I guess there. Um, but that's always the tough thing I hear is that, you know, you, you come in and you have friends and family and, you know, you have environments that you're, 
you know, um, that you've been parts of for a long time. And now all of a sudden, like, not only do I not have that tool to use of, of alcohol or drugs to kind of take away the anxiety or, or the pain or whatever it is. Now I'm like being thrown into this whole new environment. Um, and I really feel awkward, you know? So it, how, how do you kind of adjust to that and, and, um, and start to find yourself, I guess. Well, I think you're speaking to something that's so crucial and fundamental, and that's creating a community of people that are supportive. You know, that's why 12-step programs work so brilliantly. They're everywhere, and there are people in that room that really want to help you. I work with, you know, a lot of clients that that love 12-step programs. I work with some that don't. And, you know, the way I say it is if that doesn't resonate with you, something, some place where you can build, you know, a community of people that will lift you up. Yeah. We, we have options now. We have refuge recovery, which is incredible. It's a Buddhist approach to recovery. We have smart recovery. We have life ring. We have a lot of places people can go. I mean, I know people that have got gotten sober in a spiritual community that's not based around recovery. But it's based around on living living a spiritual life, and they find that connection and that that intention to live a better life, and that works for them as well. But I think fundamentally, finding community is is really important. Yeah, I agree, man. It's so it's so huge uh, that that human connection and in community. I know for myself, I've learned how to communicate in that community in, in that community, and that's been huge for me. Um, you know, because I. I like a, a lot of other alcoholics and addicts, you know, yourself probably included, I'm sure has experienced at some point in this where you want to shut down and you want to just, um, you know, you, you just, you just kind of want to be alone and you don't know how to communicate. Uh, there's other people out there that are going through the same shit that we're going you know, through or that we've been through. So I want to first tell people that, uh, you're not alone. That's such a huge part. Um, and, uh, and, and secondly, you know, whether it's a 12 step, whether it's a church, whether it's a community in inside of your own community, a group, whatever it is, man, just find something out there, uh, that, that you can hold on to and start to talk to other people about it. it's huge. Um, TJ, what is the, what's, I mean, what's one of your like favorite things that you, that you just love about the work that you do? Cause it's so important for us to be passionate about the work we do. I mean, I, I love, you know, I love that piece of it when people say, man, I just, I love getting up every morning because I just love what I do. It doesn't even feel like a job. Uh, my guess is you kind of have some of those same feelings and correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, what do you, what do you love about what you do? Well, you know, I, I love everything that I do. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. You know, I had a really dark period in my life around 20 years sober where I had kind of lost touch of what was important to me. I really wasn't in a community. Mm -hmm. I had gotten off track again. I was really into like my business and my home and my partner and my car. And that became so much more important to me. Yeah. And so I went through this kind of dark night of the soul experience. And in the midst of that, I got really clear that I wanted to dedicate the rest of my life to helping people awaken and so I had this incredible shift that happened. And, you know, that was about 10 or 11 years ago. And from that moment, you know, I went to ministerial school and I started a spiritual community and then started working with foundations in 2008. What I love about this work is watching the light come back in somebody's yeah. eyes. When someone comes into treatment, you know, they, they, they feel broken, they look broken, their life may be falling apart on the outside. What I notice, though, that's the common denominator of people getting sober is there's a spiritual bankruptcy that happens. There's a flatness to them. There's a deadness to them. And when they come into treatment and I get the privilege of working with them, doing groups and meeting with clients one-on-one -on -one, and watching that, that light come back into their eyes and then yeah. we get to 
reflect that back to each other. There is nothing like that. There is nothing else like that in the world. And I'm just so incredibly blessed and I feel so grateful to be doing this work. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's like the best thing when just somebody just gets it, you know, and you're like, wow, it's freaking cool, man. Um, life changing right there, man. Life changing stuff. Uh, so now you you would you had mentioned um, that you're an advocate and uh, you work you work um, a lot with the LGBT community. Um, can you uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, we've had a couple of emails actually not too long ago. Um, that had that had interest in in that community and wanted some more information on um, just kind of just kind of relating to that I guess what it's like to be gay and be in recovery like what you know just asking some general questions um, so I, I would love to hear your take on that and any resources that are out there um, that people might be able to reach out to yeah absolutely you know when when we look at as I'm talking about the three root causes of addiction through this spiritual lens if you look at toxic shame unresolved trauma and spiritual disconnected connection pretty much if you're born and you're an lgbt person in our culture you're going to have all three of those right when you when you live in a culture where not everyone obviously and there's more and more acceptance but a great deal of people are still saying there's something wrong with you you sometimes hear god says there's something wrong with you there's religious abuse that comes with that people get disenfranchised disowned from their families and so you know there is a level of shame and it's very toxic that like we already talked about that comes with gay folks you know that like has we have to work through that that's why i'm so incredibly grateful that we were able to start an lgbt track uh here in san francisco and also in our residential program at michael's house in palm springs it's a place you know people come in there they're they're one day a week are we're dedicated to talking about things specifically related to lgbt issues and it's a safe place for people to people to be able to talk about this shame, bring it forward, and really connect with other LGBT folks. There are a lot of resources out there now. Most major cities have an LGBT center. It's a place where you can get a lot of resources. And of course, you know, if you're looking for treatment, you know, there's Pride Institute that focuses on LGBT. And there, of course, is foundations too, where we really, you know, meet people where they're at and certainly support people in that particular community. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for dropping those resources on there too. I mean, there's a ton of them out there, um, and uh, like we already kind of mentioned, you know, you just got to reach out, and uh, they're you know they're there for you. You just got to go out and get them. And there's no there's no shame, there's no weakness in asking for help. If anything, uh, it's it just makes you ten times stronger. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, TJ, man, it's it's been really great to chat with you today. Um, let me ask you one last question, man, and then I'll let you go. Um, for somebody out there listening right now who's struggling, um, you know, they happen to throw this podcast on and, uh, they don't know, they don't know what to turn to. They're not really sure, um, what to do next. Um, maybe, maybe you don't have an answer for them exactly that, but what kind of, what kind of advice could you give them, um, to, to help them, uh, in the next step? Well, I think what you said is so crucial, you know, to let whoever's listening right now, if you're suffering, if you're going through a difficult time with addiction, you are not alone. There are people going through it with you. There are people who have gone through it. You know, those of us who are sober are more than happy to support and help. You know, my own 
darkness through my addiction made me so incredibly grateful to help other people. So it's really, you know, find a community, connect with people, you know, reach out. There's 12-step programs, there's refuge recovery, there's treatment for you. And of course now, you know, it's a wonderful thing to have the internet. There's Facebook groups, you know, that support people in recovery. And, you know, there's all these amazing podcasts like yours. And the main thing is, you know, you're not alone and let someone help you. This is like, you know, as you said, Shane, it can often be so isolating for people in an addiction. So let's connect, reach out. You can always reach out to me and uh, let's, let's be in this conversation about how we all can support each other. Yeah, it's good stuff, TJ. Yeah, speaking of the Facebook group, you got Sober Guy, Sober Girl Facebook group. You can go on SoberGuy.com and check that out there. Uh, TJ, you're at TJWoodward.com. Um, the the book, uh, Conscious Being, and then your new book is uh, that you're working on right now uh, will be coming out sh- uh, soon. If anyone wants to reach out to you, they want any more information, uh, where else could they do that? Yeah, TJWoodward.com. Also, you can reach me on Facebook. I have TJ Woodward there, uh, an author page, and you can shoot me an email. And uh, just, you know, again, I guess the closing thought is you're not alone and people are more than willing to help and connect. TJ, thanks so much, man. Thanks, Shane. This has been fun. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to TJ for coming on. Much appreciated. Uh, Thanks to Foundations Recovery Network for supporting us. And uh, we'll see you all out in Nashville here pretty soon. Uh, Go to thatsoberguide.com for more information. Lucy, love you, baby girl. Happy birthday once again. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean, son.